Welcome to the Love is Viral show. I'm your host, Jeanette Schneider, the founder and CEO of Live Media and the creator of the Live Pocket Coach on the Apple App Store. Our premise at Live is simple. A healthier you today leads to a healthier world tomorrow. Our guests include neuroscientists, therapists, professors, coaches, authors, yogis, speakers, entrepreneurs, and those who believe that a bigger, better life can be found at the intersection of mindfulness and science. Join me as we nerd out with a little bit of soul. The Love is Viral show is a live media production. Kim Virtuoso believes that in order to embody brave leadership, we must first focus on our whole person, being mindful and self-aware. Through this foundation, we can truly show up, listen, and seek to understand those around us. Kim is the founder and CEO of All In Leadership and a recognized practitioner in the fields of leadership coaching and HR consulting. With considerable experience and a proven track record for motivating, influencing, and guiding leaders to unlock potential within themselves and their teams. In this episode, we discuss the importance of cultivating emotional intelligence in order to build better relationships, how building confidence leads to bravery and allows us to reframe failure as an opportunity, why we need to create a safe environment for others to speak out and share ideas, why courageous conversations are needed in order to set boundaries and stay aligned with what you stand for, and how brave leadership means having the ability to challenge the status quo and take a step back when things just don't feel right. Prior to establishing All In Leadership Coaching and Consulting Group, Kim spent over 15 years in both operational and human resources leadership roles in the hospitality, gaming, and entertainment industry. These were all Fortune 500 companies such as MGM Resorts International, Caesars Entertainment, Ritz-Carlton, Palms Casino and Resort, and Lewis Brisbois Legal Firm. Kim holds a bachelor's degree in business management with an emphasis in human resources from the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. She also holds her master's in organizational leadership from Gonzaga University. She obtained her senior professional human resources certification from the HR Certification Institute and is a certified coach from the Leeds Consortium. Let's dig in. Hi, this is Jeanette Schneider with Love is Viral, and I am here today with Kim Virtuoso. Thank you for being on the show. Yes, happy and to be here. I'm excited to talk to you because I feel like this conversation keeps coming up lately and is more and more needed as we are seeing examples of true leadership and as we're seeing examples of what not to do. I feel like a lot of people in this moment in history recognize that they probably should and are being called into positions of leadership, whether it's societal or because they want better lives, careers, what have you. And um, I know that you cover the conversation around brave leadership. And I, I want to ask you first and foremost, what does that mean to you? What does that word brave leader, that, that term mean to you? Yeah, I think, you know, I could probably go on for a long time about brave leadership, but I think so what I teach and what I do and what I'm passionate about is really being a whole person, being mindful and being self-aware, which I think is the very first step. And so I teach on emotional intelligence, which the first component of that and foundation is being self-aware. So how are you showing up? What is the perception you're leaving with people? How are you making people feel? Are you creating safe environments for your team, for your colleagues in your company in order for them to feel like they have the opportunity to speak up, to share innovative ideas, to have diverse perspectives brought to the table without fear of retribution. And so that foundation is so critical to start with 
who am I as a person? How am I showing up? And how am I making people feel that self-awareness component? And that leads through the thread of emotional intelligence where once you build that and you cultivate it, you can then have stronger relationships with people. And stronger relationships as a brave leader means you're willing to put aside your pride, put aside your ego, be willing to first listen. I think listening oftentimes doesn't get the power that it should. I think listening needs to happen first. We can't be strong, brave leaders if we're not first listening and seeking to understand and really bringing forward all diverse perspectives and opinions to the table. That's kind of the impetus of being a strong, brave leader is how do I listen? How do I seek to understand? And how do I build that rapport and relationship with individuals on my team, in my company, stakeholders, community members, so that we all feel unified, connected, and equitable, so that everyone has a fair opportunity to speak up, to get growth, to get development. But back to that personal perspective, from a brave leadership perspective, it is, you know, building confidence over time. I was going to ask you about confidence, because that's like one of the first things I thought when you're talking about self-awareness and and sitting back and listening and being able to hold space for people to be open and honest and say, like, maybe... share conflicting ideas that that challenge you like how much of that has to be self-cultivated confidence you have to have confidence but it happens over time and it happens with you taking those brave steps one step at a time and being willing to kind of the undercarriage of bravery is am I showing up vulnerable am I showing up willing to maybe you know fail and be okay failing and getting Mm -hmm. back up and trying again, pivoting, shifting, identifying what didn't go wrong. When you take those actions, it doesn't feel good in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. A little bit of our pride and ego creeps in and we have to be willing to suffocate the pride and suffocate the ego and allow for our bravery to step in. And that doesn't just happen overnight. It requires so many brave actions over and over and over for us to then be able to build confidence in that to see, okay, I fell, I hit an obstacle, I didn't get that job promotion, or maybe I didn't speak up when an unethical situation was happening. How can I make sure next time I do? And when I do, and you get all of those butterflies in your stomach and your palms sweat and all of those feelings that we want to chase away, we have to embrace those, embrace that fear overcome it and take those actions, even if it's not perfect in the moment. And once you are able to show up in that vulnerable state of mind with that vulnerable presence, you start to show other people that they can do it too. They don't have to be perfect. They can Mm -hmm. show up and they can try and whatever aspect that means in life, you know, whether it's in your company as a leader or at home with your family, or if you're teaching your kids, we have to be willing to show people take the brave step, put yourself out there. It probably will suck the first time. (laughs) We read all of these books about putting a podcast out or writing a blog or writing a book or whatever the case may be. You know, the first time is messy. It's not great as much as we rehearse it and want it to be wonderful and powerful and inspiring and amazing, whatever that thing is for you, or maybe it's leading your team, Mm -hmm. you have to be willing to show up day in and day out, 
being authentic, being genuine, taking those steps forward, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. And that in itself is bravery. And the more often you do that, you are building your competence in whatever that skill set or that expertise or that action is. And as you build your competence in that, you begin to build your confidence. So it has a ripple effect to it. I love that. And it's, I have a question and, and this is for some who are like stepping into roles of leadership, the idea of being a leader is ego-based and it, it, to some, right? They're very excited. And we see examples of that all over the place right now where people are like, pat me on the back, look at all the, the work I'm doing. And I think to be an effective leader, and then I, I also, on the, con, on the converse, like I struggle with when people are like, I'm a servant leader. Because I'm like, what does that mean to you? Because I think servant leadership could also move on to the space of like savior. And you know what I mean? Like I think you can actually play in different archetypes depending on where you're coming from. So I, I'm curious from your perspective, like when you look at servant leadership, like do you have a stance on that? Or do you think it really depends on where the person I feel like there's almost has to be like some self-regulation. So I'm like checking in with self, like, am I trying to do something to feed myself or am I using the fact that I have power within to help bring other people up? And I have seen it kind of get messy. Like it becomes a blurred line. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And one of my studies in my master's program was the emphasis of servant leadership. And so it absolutely is a topic that I like to delve into, but it's a sensitive topic because it can get blurred if individuals are, I've seen people use the word and say, I am a servant leader because they think that that is the buzzword that will bring their team along with them. The key to servant leadership and being a confident leader is that you are serving with your heart. You are showing up genuinely not for self-interest, but because you have the collective interest in mind and you want to see people flourish and grow and you want to be able to explain the vision to them in an intentional fashion that brings them along to the overarching mission of the company. And so doing that helps fill the gap where they can see where they add value. Mm -hmm. Being a servant leadership is giving people the opportunity to fail. I know a lot of leaders who refuse to delegate or refuse to allow employees to speak up or give a presentation or put together a marketing campaign or take the lead on a project because they don't have it in their resume, right? We have to be willing to say, I want to be that leader to give you the opportunity to show up to be empowered, to tap into your resources, to be able to collaborate and network and go through the struggles of trying for the first time to really see what that feels like inside your mind, your body, your soul. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be there. I'm not going to catch you when you fall every single step of the way because we have to learn and grow from those obstacles and skin our knees every now and then but I'm there for you. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to support you. And I'm going to give you that growth and that development and that exposure mm -hmm. so that you really do see the value that you add in the company. Servant leadership is all about what can I cast outward to help lift, elevate, and empower my team. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with if I let someone on my team go and give this presentation, it's going to make me look good, right? Mm -hmm. It can't ever be about what's going to make me look good or what's going to make me get a promotion because my team did a great job on 
you know, bringing in a stellar client, whatever the case may be, it has to be with true, genuine intent to really want to see your team flourish. And employees can see through that. They can really see what you have in mind. Is it you serving for the better good of the company? Or is it for your checkbook, your, your pocketbook, and you growing your portfolio and your promotion? So you have to be able to show up. Actions are going to speak louder than words 100% of the time as you're leading people and building that confidence and that trust with them. I've seen examples of great leadership in that <clears throat> I've seen an experience where it's like you feel like your employer trusts you. And I mean, that comes over time, right? Like they've given you opportunities, they've trained you up, um, they've invested in you. And then at some point in time, as you come to them with ideas, or even as you fail, it's not like, what the hell are you thinking? You know, it's usually like, hey, that was a miss. Let's talk about it. Like, what were you thinking? What's going on? Um, and I've, I've had experiences even with leadership where I'll walk in and they're angry with me, but they trust me so much that they're like, I'm so angry but I want to hear what you have to say. And then I explain and they're like, that's a very good point. You know what I mean? Like, but maybe we could have done this differently. And I think that that, that leadership where you can experience the other person as being valuable and, and move them into a place of value is, I mean, that's an understated type of leadership where you can have such open and sometimes emotional conversations, but in a very empowered way. Um, I'm curious from your perspective, like, Right now, we see a lot of people who are right at the verge of starting their own companies. Um, you know, we have the Live Pocket Coach, which is an app on Apple. And so I get to pull all the goals that people put in there. And I get to look through and be like, okay, what kind of content are we going to curate based on, on what people need? And I have a lot of folks who are entering goals right now on like, I want to start a company. I need to get... And it's like, they're very aware of self-knowledge and self-education. Like I need to educate myself around these things, but they're at that precipice where they're getting ready to make steps, but they're kind of nervous. And you talked about like, just make those brave steps, right? Don't, does, the messy starts. So I'm curious for, for those folks, like what examples would you give them or what would you tell them in order? Like what are some of those messy starts to start cultivating their voice and their leadership style? Yeah, so I think it goes two parts, whether you are a business owner or you are looking to step into entrepreneurship or you're looking to promote, whether you're in corporate or in a large organization, no matter what, stepping into a position of leadership, and it doesn't have to be, I always like to drive home the fact, you don't have to have a team and you don't have to have people reporting to you to be a leader. How can you use your voice to influence people? Mm -hmm. And you have to be willing to push yourself out there, try new things. One piece of advice I would give is do not cage yourself in or box yourself in or take society's definition of what your position or your entrepreneurship journey should be. I think oftentimes we, when we leverage research and we leverage educational tools and we leverage insight from subject matter experts, it can be overwhelming because mm -hmm. there are so many viewpoints and oftentimes that can limit us because we are not stepping into what feels authentic for us. We are creating carbon copy of what these subject matter experts think our community or our audience or our customers need. And I fell into that trap. I've only launched my new business 
for a little bit over a year now. And I can't tell you how many times I have pivoted in the last 12 months. And if you feel like once you launch, you have to stay that course, Mm -mm. that is a (laughs) step, right? You have to be willing to say, this isn't working or this doesn't feel right or this is not why I launched my business. I did not want to take this direction. You have to be willing to put up boundaries and you have to be willing to say no. And that's part of what I teach are, you know, having courageous conversations around what you stand for, what your values are, why you're doing what you're doing, identifying your personal mission, especially if you're a sole entrepreneur launching your own company, being grounded in that is so critical because it's like a North star for what you want to do. I have been asked to do a handful of things over the last two months. Um, and while it may have felt really imperative for me to bring in money for my family during quarantine and this pandemic and the fear and insecurity of not making as much money as I was, I had to draw the line and really go back to my mission and my core values as to why I launched my own business, Mm -hmm. why I do what I'm doing. And that taking that money, it wasn't unethical money by any means. It just didn't fulfill me and it didn't fire me up. And I wasn't jazzed by what the request was or what I was being asked to do. And so I think a large portion of launching your business and taking those messy steps is being willing to just do it, try things, see how it feels. If it doesn't feel good or you don't love it, shift and pivot and adjust and put yourself out there in a different way where you are authentic and unique, cultivating your own personal brand, but also being willing to have boundaries and to say no to things that don't serve your overarching mission and what you feel like you stepped into that for. And I think that can go hand in hand with leadership as well. When you're a leader, you know, we feel like we are constantly on this chase of needing to achieve the vision and the mission and the objectives set out in the company's strategic plan. Mm -hmm. But being a brave leader is all about having the ability to challenge the status quo and take a step back when it doesn't feel right, when it feels like there's a shift in the culture or the environment or the market, especially right now, there's a massive shift in the market. There's going to be a massive shift in what customers expect businesses to do and how they expect customer service, especially thinking from the hospitality industry being here in Las Vegas. So as leaders, in an organization, you also have to be willing to say, we need to pivot, we need Mm -hmm. to adjust, we need to shift our strategy. Just because we outlined a five-year strategic plan doesn't mean it is set in stone or we can't be authentic and show up and say, we need to scrap this and we need to shift and we need to adjust. That in its essence is brave leadership in an organization. Not only is Live Like a Life Coach in your pocket, but we have coaches in 3D as well. With our most recent upgrade, you can sign up for one-on-one coaching with a person on the phone who will hold you down, hold you accountable, and offer you perspective as you build your big, bad, beautiful new life. Apple users can sign up for our Premium Plus plan through the app or check out our next level and mastery options at loveisviral.com forward slash coaching. Android users, we haven't forgotten about you. Live Coaching is available to you as well. Just reach out to us at dearlive at loveisviral.com and we'll fill you in on all the ways Live can create with you. Live Pocket Coach, welcome to your life.
I love that. And I think it's one of the conversations I've had multiple times since starting my, my company, right? We have an entire team and there's kind of like, did this work? Is this working? No, drop it. It's done. And I think that that, of course, comes from probably so many years in corporate America where it's like if something doesn't work in one quarter, at the end of the quarter, I'm like, nope, <laughs> done. Move on to the next, you know? And like you get into that mindset, but that's not pride, right? So there's no pride of what I built it and this supposed to look like this and I'm going to force it through. It's more... I'm willing to be open to what the market tells me, what my team tells me, what the consumer tells me, so that I can be um, available and and flexible in order to, to move that forward. I think it's so important to be in that space where we're not trying to prove ourselves so much that we lock ourselves in a corner. Yeah. And I think every company that's worth its its salt right now is like, okay, what do, what do we got to do to make this work? Um, even now, like we're making some adjustments behind the scenes where it was just this week, we all came together and said, this part isn't working. So let's, let's pivot. And I think that those, that ability to be flexible and to say I was wrong. And that's another thing that I've also noticed, like the best leaders I've ever met and even my team, when they're like, you're an effective leader because you'll get on the phone and be like, I messed up. This didn't work. I shouldn't have done this. Pause. You also offer them the space to also kind of self-evaluate. And I think that's so incredibly important for us to be able to like walk into a room and say, hey, I screwed up. Um, and here's what I'm doing to be better. That's right. And I've, I've worked with leaders on both ends. And so I think I was really blessed in that perspective of growing up over the last 15 years in the corporate world of seeing the leaders who were very prideful, who set a goal, set a direction, set sales and revenue expectations and benchmarks. And if we didn't meet it, they were upset. They were frustrated. They were pointing fingers. They were blaming. And we were all constantly walking on eggshells. Yep. And this leader would show up and he would say, I want to have diverse conversations. I want all of you to bring your feedback to the table. I want you to be innovative and creative, you know, saying all of the buzzwords. But when we tried, pride got in the way. And it seems like he had a separate agenda and would come to the meetings already with kind of that idea in his brain. He knew what he wanted. He knew who he was going to delegate it to and how to execute. And people can start to see that that becomes a trend over time. On the flip side, when you have a leader who, you know, back to what you were saying, can really drop the pride and want to refine the team to say, I want to create a safe space for everyone to feel confident, to mm -hmm. push yourself out of your comfort zone. There are no hidden agendas. I actually am not showing up with preconceived ideas of every step and roadmap of how this should be executed and implemented. I really want you to unlock your creative thinking. I really see the value that all of you can add. That is when you're going to get the best contribution from every employee, because how do you see that in action? When the plan actually starts to be implemented, mm -hmm. my ideas are being implemented as certain steps within that plan. And I now all of a sudden feel like I added value. So it's through yeah. the action and it's through my words truly being amplified and coming to fruition and implementation. And that's where leaders can, miss the mark by creating these facades of environments that they want people to contribute. But then at the end of the day, the people don't ever see their contributions implemented and mm -hmm. that can deteriorate trust, credibility, and confidence within leaders. I, um, 
it's funny how there are so many human dynamics at play, right? When you, it's, it's like a second family. It becomes almost like a second household when you're in a work environment and the way people kind of interact and you do spend more time with them a lot of times than you do with your family members. And so like you can even see how sometimes they can become toxic or enmeshed or, or what have you. And I think it's also super important that as you're moving into the creation of a new company, you set out a benchmark of values, right? That it's not, everyone's like, oh, what are your mission, vision, values? And it just becomes an exercise for your value proposition, which irritates the hell out of me. I don't know how many times I've had to be in those meetings where they're like, role play, what's your value prop? What's your value prop? And you should be able to say it like this. You should be able to convince me. And I'm like, cross my eyes. It drives me crazy. I don't feel like it's something that you should be able to like have someone snap their finger and point to you and you actually just spurt it out like a sentence. It needs to be something that you feel. And I think that that's another thing is as you're starting your company, um, I was introduced to the term mission creep recently because I have a lot of people who have loved various iterations of our company. They like the app or they like the content or they like this piece or whatever. And they're like, well, what if we did this and we could partner and do this? And I get excited. I get excited about ideas. But I think I've had to continually move back to that value system and say, does this fit the value system? Does this fit our overarching mission? Or is this a separate company? Is this a separate entity? And is this really something I want to give my time to? So I think that's something you have to be clear on as well is like, what am I actually trying to accomplish? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think too, digging even below the surface, when you start to not just have this overall overarching value proposition, but you actually identify what your values are. So, you know, you could say the common ones, honesty, integrity, what those are, transparency, connection with people, because that is where you will start to have meaning and you will start to feel a heartbeat versus feeling like you're regurgitating a sentence that you have to memorize. And that is where you actually can start to dig deeper and determine does this person, does this company, does this opportunity align truly to my values deep down that I hold as a person, but now I'm leaving those into my organization, to my company and how I lead. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't align, you know, sometimes we outgrow things too. So it's not always just about accepting a new opportunity, but it could be something you are working on for years and it's been phenomenal. It's bringing in revenue, it's bringing in money. But maybe it all of a sudden feels out of alignment. It doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like you are in alignment with whatever that product, service, or offering is. And so you have to be willing to say, I'm going to leverage my core values as my guardrails or my boundaries and decide when to put the foot down. You know, and looking at that too from the corporate perspective as a leader a few years ago, being in the HR world, You deal with a lot from, and I know a lot of my HR colleagues are going through this right now from the perspective of having to have let go of so many people and furloughed Mm -hmm. so many people and that just weighs so heavily on them and they are doing it with dignity and taking care of the people as much as they can for the most part. And for me, dignity and treating people with respect and fairness and equity is in my core being. And a few years ago, we were laying people off and we're just given direction to kind of let them go like they were on a factory line. And my heart sunk, my heart broke for them. And I had to decide to remove myself because I couldn't participate in that. It did Mm -hmm. not 
aligned to my values and I realized I had outgrown what those expectations of me and my role were with that company specifically. Mm -hmm. And so I think digging below the surface to really say, what are my values? And those can change over time too, or evolve and transform and grow, especially as we get more educated and listen and learn, especially with what's happening right now in our community and our society. I think it gives us all the ability to peel back the layers and really dig deep in ourselves, but it helps us stay grounded and helps us navigate what we should and shouldn't be exploring and doing and venturing out into with our companies or as a leader in an organization. I love that. I think it's so, it's a, it's a great conversation and it's a great conversation right now, I think, because we are seeing a lot of people kind of called to leadership because their leaders are failing them, right? And they're seeing, and a lot of us have left corporate America because it no longer aligned with our values. I mean, that sounds like it's why you left. I left for the same reason. I was like, I can't be my whole um, self here. Mm -hmm. And my viewpoints are not necessarily appreciated. Um, I was regulated, right, because of I had my investment licensing. So it was like I could talk about certain things within their framework, but not outwardly. And I was like, eh, I don't think this works anymore. But I think there's a lot of people that that's happening for. And especially right now, I think a lot of people are being called to leadership because leadership has failed them. We've seen so many women um, have moved into political roles. They've decided to, to run for office, um, to recognize and represent the voices of their communities. And I'm like, hats off to you. That's amazing. I think we're going to see more of that. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to see more people who feel like they don't have a choice anymore and maybe would just prefer. I would prefer just to be like on a beach somewhere and teach yoga. I mean, that just sounds amazing. I don't, I don't have my certification. I'll go get it. And like, I'll just... I'll teach yoga and I'll, I'll, I'll eat a lot or have a lot of smoothies. I don't know. That seems convenient for me. Like, I'm like, that sounds amazing, Yes. but there's bigger issues at play. Right. And I think all of us who would, would much prefer a different lifestyle have kind of stepped up to say, okay, but we're being called to leadership. So now how do we do this and how do we speak about it? Um, so I just, I think that's so valuable and I've, I've loved having this conversation with you. I'm curious because as our platform, represents, we talk about the idea that love should be made viral, right? The love for self, love for humanity, love for each other. How do you think that you're doing that? Or what advice would you give to people as to how they could do that? That just gives me the chills right now, given everything that's happening in our society and makes my heart beat harder. Because I think what is missing and what you just described your experience in the corporate world is love is missing the human Mm -hmm. connection is missing and in my experience and a lot of experiences and stories that i've heard um is that we don't bring in this concept of self-love mindfulness emotional intelligence where how can we really dig deeper and be more self-aware and cognizant of how we are showing up and connecting with people Um, broadening our lens of creating more diversity and inclusion in our workspaces and with our connections and in our networks. And I just think that that piece is completely missing. And that that is, while love is just like this off-limit word in the corporate world, it's something that needs to be translated to the perspective of human connection. And Mm -hmm. that is missing where people start to feel like robots or a cog in the wheel or that they aren't adding value and that they are regulated or they're caged in and don't have a voice. And that's when we as leaders need to start to see what's happening, 
why people are leaving and why people are enraged. And I think right now, most importantly in our nation and what is happening with the injustice is that people are enraged and don't pacify or dilute when you are upset. And that goes in any situation. It could be talking about equity with salary. I've been there. I struggled with having the appropriate salary my entire corporate life where I was paid far less than many of the individuals that were in the same exact position of me. So even just thinking about salary equity, do you get enraged and what is the step you are going to take? So my recommendation and what I'm doing, I'll start there, not my recommendation, but what I'm doing, I'm sitting back and I'm listening. I have fire burning inside of me right now with everything that's going on. And it is a very similar fire that I felt when I was in the corporate world and not just me per se, where I didn't feel equitable, but what I saw and how I saw people treated and the inequities that happened. You know, there is injustice within corporate, within organizations. It's happening. It's there. I saw it. I was enraged and we have to have a voice. And so for me personally, I'm sitting back, I'm listening, I'm seeking to understand I'm diversifying my network. I'm checking in with loved ones to make sure they are doing okay and building those connections. I think most importantly, you know, we struggle with what is the right thing to say. And so we maybe just don't say anything at all because we're afraid that our words might get minced or misinterpreted. And as long as we're coming, you know, back to the beginning of our conversation, Coming from that brave leadership perspective where we are genuine, authentic, and truly caring with love for the other people, that is how it will be interpreted. Mm -hmm. And so there will be empathy if your words maybe weren't as polished or as articulate as you wanted them to be, but they will see through that and they will see your heart and they will see your love. And so on top of that, the other thing I'm doing is far more education than I ever have. And part of that includes education for me as a leader to identify how I can broaden my leadership style, my personality and connect further and on a deeper level with people to grow and develop them. Um, but also with my family, with my daughters, I think now is such an important time and I regret that it had to come to this in our nation, but now is the most opportune time for me to dig into education for myself and how I can educate and breed a home of love so that that transfers out and has a ripple effect with every interaction my family has in this community and this nation. I love that. I think that that's, if we can start there and recognize our ripple effects, if we can start in our own homes and with our own communities and the people that we love and allow that to be our, our, our experience, our ripple. I think it's so, it's a beautiful and, and valuable thing. And I love all the conversations that are happening right now. I love all the people who are like, no, you will listen to me. And um, I love that, you know, last night I had this really beautiful conversation with black women and white women coming together and talking about like, hey, I might get it wrong. Um, I'm educating myself, um, but I want you to tell me when I do, mm -hmm. right? And, and not asking them to be the, the purveyors of all and the educators of all, but to hold space and say, how do we move this, this forward? And I think that that's a really beautiful place to start is within our own, our own homes, but then having those conversations within our communities as well. I totally agree. And I just had a conversation with um, 
a woman of color who she was on my podcast. And um, when she joined the show, we've been connected ever since last fall. And I just reached out and said, Hey, I want to check in on you. How are you doing? How is your city doing? Because there was a lot of um, ripple effect from the protest that was happening. And I wanted to check in on her and her family. And I just said, I don't know what to say or where to start, but my heart is in the right place. And I'm, I'm here for you. I see you and I want to listen. And her response was, don't ever feel like you need to hold back or not say anything. You just speaking up and saying something is the right step forward. So for those of you that want to reach out and want to support people, do it. Reach out and connect and listen and um, stay in touch with people and ask how they're doing and don't rely on them to be the educators of how you can stand out and have a voice. Rely on all of the podcasts, books, blogs, and content that they've created over the last 20 plus years for us. Rely on that because right now there's a lot of overwhelm and stress and not putting that burden on them, I think is so critical. I love that. That's beautiful. And I'm just, I'm thrilled that we had this conversation today. Yes. I'm, I'm thrilled that you were able to come on and that we were able to talk about this. And I hope that it lands in the hearts of people. Um, I know that it will. And um, if anyone wants to follow you, check you out, where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm at All In Leadership. So that's my business. And I'm on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, primarily those three. I have a YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is primarily focused for individuals that want to really step out of maybe a job or a career that they are not fulfilled in and not loving. And I support them with all of the different career resources and tools and techniques to land a job they love. So they can find me there. And I also have a podcast show where I talk all about leadership, mindset, and um, emotional intelligence. And it is on anywhere you find podcasts. It's all in leadership with Kim Virtuoso. I love it. Thank you for being on the show today, Kim. I hope Thank you. Yes, you too. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining the conversation today. I love Kim's reminder not to cage ourselves into what we think our journey should be and to always be willing to pivot when needed in order to step into what feels authentic for us, our values, and our personal mission. You can find Kim at allinleadershipcg.com and on Instagram at allinleadership. As always, please subscribe, leave a review, and don't forget to share with your friends. We are always interested in content that uplifts, so if you have ideas, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at dearlive at loveisviral.com. You can also find us on Instagram at loveisviral.media or visit our website at loveisviral.com. Apple users, don't forget to give the Live Pocket Coach a try by downloading it for free for seven days.